Excellent. So 2017 is nearly gone. And um, I'm, I'm kind of amazed every year at people's reactions to a, a new year coming and an old year going. I make a lot of fuss about it, but I mean, it's only a tick of a clock, isn't it, really? I'm, I'm amazed sometimes. And um, amazed at their reactions and, and their New Year's resolutions, right? And I looked it up, and five New Year's resolutions are to stay fit and healthy, to lose weight, to enjoy life to the fullest, spend less and save more and spend more time with family and friends. Now, I don't know whether you've made any New Year's resolutions or not, but they are the evidently, according to Google, they are New Year's resolutions that people make. And then the statistic as to how much percentage of people actually keep their New Year's resolutions is about 8%. <laughs> and yet people do it every year. And they kind of, even though they failed, and they will do it the next year, and they probably do some of the same New Year's resolutions, even though that they've failed for the past 20 years or something. Um, so I thought we'd take some advice from a four-year-old. I have a problem with New Year's resolutions, not because they often fail or because they're too difficult, and not because I'm bad at them either. I mean, I've only been alive for four new years. No, I have a problem with resolutions because people think that that's it. It's for one time to change. Now, don't get me wrong, we definitely all need change. I have no idea how to ride a bicycle I know, but I have no idea what a toilet is for. And some of you, yeah, you probably should get out of the house more, but one big decision probably isn't going to do it. Sorry. So now what? Flush your resolutions down the toilet for one my little brother can't use? Of course not. Keep your resolutions but go easy on yourself. Will you change? Maybe, but probably won't happen in one big moment. It'll happen in the thousands of little moments. Every time you choose to forgive or slow down or be grateful or stay calm each little moment that you choose what's right instead of what's easy. Faith instead of doubt. Love instead of hate. That's where the change happens. Even if you fail one or two or thirty times, it's okay. You've got thousands of more little moments ahead of you. You'll get better. So happy new year, God bless, and I'm off to ask my dad to get a bike. If they're all a pony. Bye. So cute. Yeah. All I sit down now. No, I've got to read the Bible, haven't I? That's right, yeah. So I've kind of summarised, I think, into three categories what people um, make New Year's resolutions about. One is to get physically fit or fitter. Two is to have a better diet and maybe lose some weight. 
And thirdly, change some bad habits and set some new goals. I think that kind of, those three categories embrace really most of uh, people's New Year's resolutions. Um, and I think all these are good for us uh, to look at and consider, but they can also directly relate themselves to our spiritual well-being. Okay, because sometimes we can forget about that. We live with the physical stuff and we forget the spiritual. So we're going to look at the spiritual equivalent of those three areas. So firstly, getting physically fit or fit. Oh, hello. Yeah, get, get rid of that, thanks. That'd be great. Turn it off if you like. <laughs> the screen, that is. Okay. Well, while they're doing that... Um, First one, get physically fit or fitter. Now, as a former PE teacher, you would expect me to agree with that New Year's resolution. And um, do you know what? Gym membership soars by 40% at the beginning of every new year and then drops in February. In fact, if you look at people's uh, company's gym membership... If everyone turns up, they could not physically fit them in the building. They rely on people to set a New Year's resolution to join a gym and get fit in order to break even or make a profit because they rely on the people that don't turn up, that have a membership for a year, not to cancel it and not to turn up. How weird is that? But, you know, I've done some research recently and as a... Teacher, I do have to admit that uh, some of the stuff I put my pupils through um, probably wasn't the best for them, freezing out on a hockey field or whatever and uh, playing netball in the rain. Um, but most people think in order to get fit, you have to um, run and jog lots of miles, you know, like once a week or twice a week. Actually, there's some research recently, I don't know whether you've, you've heard about it, but it's called... Uh, HIT, and it's high-intensity training. And they did some research with people over 60, hence I was interested in the, um, in the research, and they took these elderly people from 60 to 75, and they made them do 20-second exercise, their heart rate dropped to an, a proper safe level, 20 seconds, I'm riding a bike, stationary, 20 seconds, drop 20 seconds and they did that three times a week and the massive health benefits of doing one minute of exercise three times a week I mean when I say exercise I mean they really had to go at it you know heavy heavy, high intensity and the massive health implications of that were incredible so I really feel sorry for these people when I see them with their headphones on and all their lycra and whatever and running around the streets. I'm thinking, you just need to do a bit of research, guy, because you know what? You could do one minute of exercise three times a week and you could be fitter than you are currently putting yourself through. But they, they, those are the, the kind of things that the scientists are looking at now. It is important to be physically fit because you live longer. But spirit, what does the Bible have to say about, I mean, and as a PE teacher, I used to read this and think, hmm. 1 Timothy 4 verse 8, physical exercise has some value. Yes. But spiritual exercise is much more important. Oh. For it promises a reward both in this life and the next. And I suppose that makes sense. Because if you're not physically fit enough to keep living, then what is the point? 
you know. You, spiritually, you need to be fit for eternity because physical, our physical lives here only last for a certain time. And then, but we're spiritual beings. So we need to concentrate on our spiritual lives because they're the, they're the things that are, are, are important and are eternal. So, quick guide to how you get spiritually fit in 2018. Talk to God more. Now, you knew that was going to come up, don't you? Because I've been on about this, and I'd let you know for the next uh, few times I speak in 2018, we're going to keep looking at this because it is really important to have regular, in-depth conversations uh, with God, talking to him. That's a two-way conversation. And uh, I know some of you have, have picked that up already, and it's made a difference in your relationship with God. So I think for to be spiritually fit this year, the more we talk to God, the more honest we are with him, the in, more in-depth conversations we have, the more kind of wrestling with what he's saying, and the more we obey what he's saying, then the spiritually fitter we're going to be. Secondly, to be spiritually fit, I think you need to read what he's written already on the subject. And 1 Timothy 4, verse 13, Paul, which as Wes so is um, written by uh, Paul. He's our um, super Christian. Remember Wes was talking about that? Well, he tells Timothy, the young minister, to focus on reading the scripture to the church, because they didn't have their own Bibles. It was all on scrolls in churches. Focus reading the scriptures to the church, encourage the believers, and teach them. Now, we have our own personal Bibles. I don't know how many Bibles you've got in your home and how many translations you've got, but we have loads, right? And also, we had an advantage over Timothy in the church there because we now have the New Testament to add to our reading material. So he was telling Paul, sorry, Paul was telling Timothy to read the Scriptures, read the Scriptures of the church because they hadn't got them at home. It's important that we read what God has already written. But let me tell you, it's important how you read the scripture because those scriptures should point you to God to have a conversation with God about what is written. If you read them and go, oh yeah, right, well I ought to do that. Oh, I've done it. Well, there are some principles in here that even a non-Christian, if they read them and did them, their lives would benefit from it, right? But that's not really why it's written. It's written to deal with the barrier between us and God so we can relate to him and we can talk to him and he can talk to us. That's what it's there for. So don't take your Bible and just say, oh, I'm going to read that, that's what I've got to do. No, you take the Bible and you go, hey God, that's pretty interesting, right? So how does that relate to my life? Is that still relevant today? Because there's stuff in here that is contextualize in its own time for example mother remember the days when we were at church where women had to have their heads covered head scarves little furry hats whatever i had to wear head covering in church because it's in here well it's in here because it was in that context of people at that time in that tradition and not to do so would have been completely outrageous it's like oh no okay let's go with this it's like saying oh we don't need clothes so we'll all come to church in the nude and we're like no 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 no, we can't do that because it just does not contextualize where where we are we know no we don't do that and in those days women don't 
church without wearing heads covered because it's disrespectful to God and their husbands and all sorts. Now, we've read the scriptures and we've gone, actually, God, does that actually relate to us now? And do men really have to wear suits and ties all the time in church? The answer is no. And what's this thing about banning drums because they're, they're, you know, we read the scripture and you say to God, well, that's what you wrote then. It must be for a reason. What does that relate to in my life? What do you say about that in my life now? Because all of the scripture is God trying to show us how he dealt with people, how he tried to reveal himself to people so that we can get to know him. Then he can relate to us directly. We access his life, his truth, his Holy Spirit. God communicates to us directly. Yes, often using this. God has spoken to me for Loads of times using this. Normally, to back up what he was saying, what he said to me already, and I was too blinking stubborn to do it. You know, have you ever done that when God's told you to do something? And you're kind of like, yeah, right, I'll get around to that. <laughs> so you go to your Bible reading for that day and you go, oh, no, no, pick another page. Another page. No, no, no. Oh, no, I'm not reading that now. I'm going to church. You go to church and the, pre- the preacher preaches. And you go, oh, no, 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 you know. Until you get to the point where you say, all right, God, okay. Let's do it. God wants to speak to us personally. And it's good to check it out with this, to make sure it's in line with God's principles and who he is, because he will never contradict himself, and he's always truth. But please take the scripture, take what he's already written, and use it as a conversation starter to say, how does that apply to me? How does that apply to the church? How does that apply to society? Let's talk about it. So I think we could get spiritually fitter by talking to God, by reading what he's written and talking to him about it. I also think you can get spiritually fitter this year by reading what he has inspired others to write. Because there are some people that do a lot of talking to God and God tells them things and truths, sometimes unlocking truths and putting them into our everyday context. And there are some cracking Christian books out there Ask Jenny, she's read one recently, the same one as I've read recently. And there are some great books. Might not be a bad idea at your next life group for everyone to kind of think, this is the book you've got to read this year. Because I read it last year and it was amazing. And if you don't know, you're kind of like, well, I don't know what books to read. Then ask someone that you respect and know who's going to know what they're talking about. And maybe get a book list off them and say, okay, I'm going to read one. Also, you can listen to preaching and teaching you can catch up on Horizons stuff if you've missed it. But there's also some really um, easy, accessible stuff online. Podcasts and uh, lots of churches put their sermons online. I would say not everything out there is truth. So you do need to have a bit of wisdom. And if you're new to this and you're a new Christian, that does not matter, right? You can ask anyone. You ask your life group leader. Ask one of the church leaders. Ask someone who's experienced. They say, hey, do you know what? I'm, just, I'm going to have a look at these sermons here. Or what about, I'll Google what the church is about or something and find out that they're legit first because you do not want to fill your head with stuff that's not truthful. But there are loads of stuff. Sometimes I dip into audacious stuff to hear what Andrew's church is up to and stuff, you know? There are loads of really good people out there. Uh, that put stuff on the internet. And so, you know, why don't you get spiritually fit by exposing yourself to other people's teaching that God has downloaded into them? You can also get spiritually fit by listening to more worship. 
I was given a worship CD by Andrew and Carish. They buy me one every year because I like them to buy me one every year because they're exposed to all sorts of worship and I like them to be able to, uh, to be able to expand my worship thing. But you know, I'm grateful for Emily because she's introduced me to Spotify. I'm not advertising anyone. I suppose there are more music things you can download. And um, I'm so stingy, I haven't bought the bought the license so I have to cope with the adverts that come between every second song or something but you can google on there Christian worship stuff and there's all sorts of stuff you can listen to so there's no excuse you say I can't afford 15 or 14.99 for a worship cd or whatever you don't need to if you've got access to the internet you can go on spotify and you can search some stuff and you can listen to some good worship and it's about time we probably listen to a little bit more in our own homes or in our cars or whatever um, because that will make us spiritually fitter. Because as soon as, like, I don't know about you this morning, you came to church and you're like, oh, Christmas. We're all kind of like too full and too worn out and whatever. And, oh, it's the new year. Oh, and, oh, my goodness, I haven't spoken to God since. Uh, you know. And then when you got into worship this morning, didn't your spirit go, yes, I'm back? Some people are being really honest and nodding at me. Others of you are thinking, you unspiritual pastor, you. What are you talking about? But as soon as you got into God's presence, you're like, yes. Well, we can do that every day for ourselves by putting on a bit of worship to get us into God's presence and to... Whoa, really? Well, thank you, Brenda. There's even channels on the TV. There you go. You've got no excuse, unless you haven't got a TV or access to a, <laughs> a mobile phone that goes on the internet. Okay. Uh, another way of getting spiritually fit is to get involved in a life group and attend more regularly. It's great, our life groups. We support one another. We challenge one another. We go through stuff together. It's great. And also another way of getting fit is don't miss Sundays where possible. You know, okay, some, sometimes you have to miss Sundays, but you have a choice. Try not. Because it's good to get together. It's good to encourage one another. It's good to hear what God's saying. It's good to worship together. Um, another way of getting spiritually fit this year is team up with someone to study with the Bible with or pray or encourage one another. Intentionally say, hey, I'd like to get together and I'd like us to be able to encourage one another. And maybe you ought to read a book of the Bible together or, or something like that or pick a, a book of one I'm talking about somebody else has written and read that together and see what God is saying to you. Another way you can get fit is by serving at church as well. It's really good for you. And... Um, you can involve your own time, your energy, and your talents and use them. I love this worship man. And Mark's guitar playing at the moment is just off the planet. Uh, Asda, oh, it was great. It was awesome. Uh, you know, and maybe you've got some talents in there that you're sitting on. Why don't you get spiritually fit by using what God has given you? Because I've got news for you. If you don't, he's not going to give you any more. Right? That's free tip there you go for 2018 and also you can get spiritually fit by reviewing your financial giving because scripture does teach us to give at least 10 percent of what we earn to church yeah it's a good principle and it has massive benefits to your life but dare i say that spiritual principle is just a conversation starter and opener because when you get to talk to him about how much you give sometimes he tells you things that you have to do that oh, stretches your faith. But it's all good for you. It's all about our relationship with God. But you can't do that. Because when people react sometimes when we talk about giving and saying, oh, well, I mean, no, I, 
they must have more money than me. I can't afford that. I can't afford that. And I, and they kind of out of guilt or give sort of a tick box. I have to give that. Or we're saying, no, no, give out of relationship. Go talk to God and say, this is what I'm reading in Scripture about giving. You know my bank balance and what I earn. How much should I be giving to extend the kingdom of God in this place? Yep. And that's, that's your time worth as well. If you haven't got finances, then you can give your time as well because there are lots of things that need to be done in this church. So yeah, just go talk to God about the resources that he's given you. Have a conversation with him. Let him tell you. I would rather God tell you. I'm quite prepared to preach principles and stuff. And it'd be great if you could do what we teach because it's, it's in here and it's good for you. But it's far, far better when you go to source and he says, do this. Isn't it? Well, it is when it's very scary, when you have to give and do things that you, can't, you haven't got or you don't, you don't think you can do. So, yeah, go talk to God. So that's about getting um, physically, spiritually fit. The second one is having a better diet and maybe losing some weight. Do you know, in the natural world at the moment, there are lots of different ideas. In fact, there's a television program on at the moment that uh, uh, celebrities are looking at all these different diets about how to lose weight. Personally... I have an interest in um, the science behind why God made us uh, how he, he has and what we put into our bodies, how it affects us and the certain things you should put in and shouldn't put in and eat in these quantities or whatever to make our bodies run at the most optimum that they were designed for. Now, I use that word deliberately. I don't believe in evolution. I believe that God designed us, and he designed us in a certain way. And unless we treat our bodies properly and fill them with the right stuff, they're not running on optimum levels. They need a bit of a service. So I I have a bit of a kind of an interest in that at the moment. And um, clearly, our own Amanda demonstrates that losing weight is both possible and beneficial. She is a hero of 2017. She's done that weight loss. Go on, give her a clap. <laughs> so it is, it is good to have a good, good diet and uh, maybe lose some weight in, in the process. But what about spiritually? What about our spiritual diet? And what's good and bad for our spirits and our spiritual health? Well, Philippians 4 verse 8 says, Fix your thoughts on what is true and honourable and right. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And the message version says, You'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things that are true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious. The best, not the worst. The beautiful, ugly, things to praise, Thing, not things to curse. And there's two words in there, fixing and filling. Fixing and our thoughts and filling our minds is our responsibility. It's down to us what we fill our minds with and fix our minds on. And we need to take ownership of that. And maybe in 2018, to get a little bit uh, spiritually fitter um, in this regard uh, about our diet, is to watch things that we hear, what we see, what we think, what we say and what we do. What you hear. Now sometimes you can't police what you hear, can you? But I don't know about you, but whether you know a person that you regularly speak to who is just so negative. 
always moaning and groaning. This is never right. It's the wrong thing. It's the wrong size. It doesn't taste right. What people do? Anything? You come away. Well, if you've got someone like that, like that in your life, I'm not saying ignore them. I'm just going to take a, say take a spiritual positive shower after being with them. For goodness sake, go and think of something positive. Go and speak to someone positive. Don't let that negativity invade your mind because it, it can be very insipid. You know, it can get in there and you start to think like that. And it can adversely affect you. So in your lives like that, then might try dropping a positive bomb on them. You know, they're saying, oh, the weather's really rubbish today. Yeah, but do you know what? It's been quite mild this, uh, this Christmas, hasn't it? We've only had a couple of days. They won't like it because they'll come back with a negative, but at least you're trying to affect their mind. And then if, if that fails, then just, like I say, go and get a truth shower or a positive shower. Or find someone that is, speaks positively into your life and hang out with them a bit more to counteract the negative. It's very uh, easy for people, wh- what you hear from other people, to get into your heads. We need to seek out positive people to spend some more time with. So getting that negative stuff coming into your mind, and maybe it's at work, you, you know, you go to work and people are always, especially in the NHS, they're always, you know, we need to, make, to say, actually, I'm clocking this, this is really negative. I need to fill my mind with some positives and maybe on the way home, start to the, it's scriptural about um, rehearsing and telling God and remembering positives. We've done it a little bit today about 2007. Uh, re- rehearsing and talking about all the positives God has done in our lives. That's a good thing to do. And then we need, with our diet, we need to watch, be careful what we watch. I'd say pick your TV and computer and internet viewing wisely. Uh, be careful what magazines and books you choose to read. There's a lady in our church called Jess. And her job is, involves watching very unpleasant and difficult stuff um, for a TV company. And that's her job. She has no alternative. She has to do that. But, you know, we talked and prayed a bit about that with her and how to keep herself clear and clean from the result of that every day. She has to take proactive steps in order for not that stuff not to affect her. She has to like that, wash herself. And you can do that... Um, by spending time with God. And um, if you watch wrong stuff, bad stuff, stuff that's not good for you, telltale signs that it's really causing you a problem, maybe some of these. They may be your thoughts may, when the program is not on or, what you, or when you're not reading that stuff or watching that stuff, your thoughts in your own time may start to think on those themes. That's a telltale sign that something is getting into your head. Maybe you start dreaming about those things. That's another telltale sign. Maybe you're starting to think and behave the same way. Maybe you're starting to be addicted to those sorts of books, you know. I mean, I'll pick something really kind of um, uh, not too serious, but, you know, like some people just cannot stop reading romantic novels. It's an addiction because they kind of get some emotional involvement with it or whatever. And if, if it's something you can't stop then it's controlling you, you're not controlling it. So let's have a th- uh, be careful of what, we, of what we watch. And our diet about what we think as well. Um, this scripture is amazing. This is how you do it. Your attitude should be the same that Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not demand and cling to his rights as God. He made himself nothing. 
He took the human position of a slave and appeared in human form. And in human form, he obediently humbled himself even further by dying a criminal's death on the cross. Because of this, God raised him up to the heights of heaven and gave him a name that is above every other name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. But that exalting started with an attitude of humbling. And so we need to be careful what we think. What we think determines what we say, and what we say ends up where we're going, what we do, and dictates where our destination is. So we need to talk to God and ask him how to think about yourself, right? What do you think about yourself? Is it negative? Is it positive? Is it truthful? And it'd be good to ask God about what he thinks about yourself about your job, about your ministry, about your life, and then adopt the attitude that he tells you to, and then you'll be heading in the right direction. And then what you say, the diet of what you say. Let's make a real effort in 2018 to be more positive in what we say about ourselves, right? And what we say about others. Let's be a family who encourages and values and compliments uh, each other. There's enough pulling down of people in the world outside when you leave those doors. Let this be a place where we positively um, encourage one another. I jumped on a young person the other day at, uh, I think it was at church or something or other, and, and, or was it an adult that said, what, one young of our young people, male, was talking to a, a female, and they said, kind of, ooh, they're going out. And I jumped on them, and I went, don't say that. This is an environment where we are trying to generate where young people can be themselves and can relate to the opposite sex without the flipping pressure of everyone saying, oh, you fancy her, do you? You know, we're trying to create a healthy environment where they can just explore being themselves and friends with other people. That's the environment we should be creating. Um, I have I got onto that? I don't know. Anyway, whatever. Yeah, but, but what you say. Yeah, let's give, let's give grace and time and uh, be careful what we say to one another. And also what you do. Do you know, don't leave doing good and great things to chance. Be intentional about making a positive difference in the lives of others. There are some people that made a positive difference in the lives of the circle um, people at Christmas dinner. We have Mandy who took it upon herself to bake little Christmas cakes and Jenny one-armed Jenny at the time no you got lost your cast then didn't you so when she got two arms back again in fully functioning order she iced them and they were wrapped up so lovely and they went in their goodie bags the goodie bags that Cindy had blagged as usual and given out to ah, bless their little socks off it did and nobody asked as far as I'm aware asked you to do those cakes did they there you go. I had an idea and me and Jenny talked about it. Intentional. How can I bless someone? Oh, I can make a little cake, Christmas cake, to put in their goodie bag. Don't leave it to chance, right? Why don't you talk to God and say, okay, who can I bless? What can I do to help people? Um, and if you've got your diaries out, June the 30th is St. Helier Festival. So there's a classic way of being able to do something good because we need all the help we can get. Pardon? A bit of notice, yeah. 30th. It's Dave's birthday that day, so we could do something 
And yours? On the 30th, you're the same birthday as Dave. Well, I don't know. Right. Anyway, St. Helier Festival. <laughs> All right. Could, private conversation held outside of here. That'd be good. So plan your spiritual diet just like you plan your physical diet. Or do you? If you don't plan, I mean, what? Well, let's, no, let, let's, let's personalize this. If I don't what we're, notice I, what we are going to eat, right, okay. All the ladies are going, yeah, I got that. If I don't plan what we're going to eat, and therefore I cannot buy the ingredients or it's not taken out of the freezer in time, then I'm like, okay, then what are we going to eat? And normally you eat either rubbish or things that aren't healthily balanced. So I find it helpful to plan what we're going to eat, therefore I, I can shop. <laughs> Mm, yeah. So, when we are talking about our spiritual diet, we kind of ought to do some bit of planning as well, you know. You might, you might have a good idea that something you think that's a need, I can meet that. But why don't we just kind of like, do you know what, this month I'd like to do something really, because say to God, I'm going to like to do something that really blesses someone. Tell me what that is. Let's be a bit more proactive about planning what we do. Planning, I'd like buying a book or if you want one of these what do you call them Kindles can't be doing with them anyway I like paper well, well let's not have a debate about that as well I'm starting off loads of debates this morning but anyway you can plan ahead and you can get those things and you can read those things you need to plan ahead if you're going to buddy up with someone to meet for coffee to pray with them and encourage them you've got to plan ahead right so let's think about intentionally planning ahead about our diet and then finally um, the third thing about resolu- resolutions or how did that little girl say? Resolutions. Love it. Change some bad habits and get some new goals. At the beginning of a new year, some people decide to stop smoking or drinking or curb spending money on things that they don't need. Some decide to spend more time with friends and family, etc. They're kind of like, I want to ditch a bad habit and, and adopt a good one. I've got two things really for you to take away and think about. One, talk to God more at a deeper level. Ha! There it is again. Can't get away with it. In fact, everything about your, your spiritual life, that's where it starts. That's the foundation. Talking to God, spending time with him. So that's the first one. And the second one is take more notice of your conscience. I've just been reading 1 Timothy um, recently, and it's jumped out at me as how many times in the first letter of Timothy that Paul is on about conscience. And I'll give you some examples. One, one verse, chapter 1, verse 19 says, he tells Timothy, always keep your conscience clear, for some people have deliberately violated their consciences, and as a result, their faith has been shipwrecked. Chapter 3, verse 9, live with a clear conscience, he tells him. Chapter 4, verse 2, false teachers and hypocrites pretend to be religious, but their consciences are dead. It's a dangerous thing to do to ignore your conscience. If it's saying to you, Mm-mm, it's like um, one of those uh, radar screens, you know, and it goes, blip, blip. You think, ah, oh, there's a ship, there's a ship there. Is it an enemy or is it well? And if your conscience is like that, it goes, blip, you think, I might ignore it the first time. That's just, blip, oh no. You've got to talk to God about it. What is that blip going on in, in my mind? Because to ignore it is very dangerous. 
and can lead to a very dangerous place. So ask God to team up with your conscience more this coming year and take more notice of it when it does because I guarantee it will get you out of a lot of trouble. Conscience is there for a reason. Now, as people have, uh, leave an old year behind, they can have lots of regrets about things that they did that they shouldn't have done and things that they didn't do that they should have. As Christians, we need to take those things to God talk them through with him and then apply 1 John 1 9 to your life and it is this if we confess our sin to him he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from every wrong that applies to the stuff in 2017 don't enter 2018 with a bad conscience unrepented mistakes and beating yourself up Apply the forgiveness of God found in 1 John 1, 9, made available by Jesus. But you know what? As you enter 2018, and there are things that you want to do that you don't end up doing, and things you end up doing that you didn't want to do, apply 1 John 1, 9. Daily, hourly, minutely, if you have to. But God never designed us to live with guilt and to be working our way into God's good books to try and make up for it. It doesn't work. The maths don't add up. He's saying to you, if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from every wrongdoing. Never in 2018 carry guilt and feeling bad and beating yourself up. Apply 1 John 1, 9. Take it out of the bottle. Take one a day or one every hour. I don't care how many you have to take, but keep your conscience clear. Keep your record with God short and clear. And if you make a mistake, address it quick. Address it simply. Dust yourself off. Stand in the righteousness of God and walk on. We, those, those songs this morning, the majesty, I'm thinking, how big and awesome and powerful is God? And then I'm thinking, whoa, that's a lot of power to be invested in one person. Isn't that dangerous? No. Not when your character is love, 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 justice, peace, love, love. I am so glad we are connected to a God who wants to be connected to us. But he is all powerful, but he is all gracious and all loving and all kind and can be trusted to use that power for his and our own good. So, 2018, guys, let's be spiritually fit and see what God can do through us and this church at this time next year. Excellent. Good stuff.